most of us want the result without upholding the standard. Most of us want the result without becoming the type of person that gets that result. Now, if most people have the exact result you want in life, by all means, do whatever they're doing. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who are like, but I work so hard. They work so hard doing normal shit all day. Yeah, yeah. And then they're pissed that they don't get these results. Yeah. And so there, there becomes this curiosity of like, well, what, what the hell does it take to get here? What are the good habits we need to fan the flame of in your life? Yeah. And what are the bad habits or not so good habits or not helpful habits mm -hmm. that we need to like smother in your life and get rid of? Welcome, this is Robert from robertcbrown.online. I've got a really special coffee with Robert show for you uh, this time. I've had a wonderful half an hour or so with a young gentleman called Jarek Robbins, um, a really energetic, real mover and shaker of a guy who's tearing up roots in the industry and really, really making a mark on the world in a positive way. I thoroughly enjoyed my time. He's really imparted some nuggets of wisdom that I know you're gonna get a lot from today. And I hope you really, really enjoy it. Um, there's some stuff that Jarrett's involved in as well, some great uh, charity work that he's doing that you can also get involved with at the end if you're so inclined. Uh, it's a really, really great cause. And so stick around till the end, see if you wanna be involved in that too. But listen, enjoy this session. I know you will and uh, keep checking in regularly because I've got more good stuff like this coming your way soon. Enjoy. Hey, Jarek. Hello, hello. Hello, Jarek. How are you doing? Hey, very well, sir. And yourself? Good. Yeah, I'm brilliant. Thanks for doing this with me today. Of course. What time is it where you are? 3.04 p.m. I just returned from flying. Uh-huh. Uh, rushing back from the airport. Oh, right. Well, I appreciate you doing it for me. Was somebody else doing the flying or you were doing the flying, were you? No, I was doing the flying. Well, learning wow. the fly. So wow. I was doing some of the flying. Yeah. My instructor was doing the rest of it. <laughs> for you, yeah. Well, listen, it's great to have you on. I know we've not got very long, so I, I kind of wanted to, to cut straight to the chase and not waste any of your time. Um, but essentially, I think you've probably got the idea behind what we're trying to do here. Um, it's just a case that I reach out to entrepreneurs in very much the same way as you do. And, but I'm trying to give the message to people that are stuck that it's not all about numbers. Because these days you look online, especially, I'm sure you'd agree, and you see it's nothing but, oh, this month I made this and I did this and I did that. And, you know, I rule Facebook and all, all the rest. And, and the thing is that there are an awful lot of people out there that are overwhelmed, they're, they're doubting themselves, and the problem is between their ears. They've got challenges that they can't overcome or feel they can't overcome. And yet we all have those challenges. And I love to speak to guys like you who are successful and people can see what you've achieved. Because we all know that there are ups and downs for everybody. There are peaks and troughs all the way through life. It's how you handle the challenges. And whether you lay down and stay down or you get up and go on. And for you and your background as well, there's a particular 
um, I would kind of say different challenge in a way, following in your dad's footsteps to some degree, because those are big shoes, literally too, big shoes to fill. Um, do you know what I mean? And you've, you've really made your own mark in the game. And I think that's brilliant because I see a lot of sports people, boxers, footballers and stuff as well, that find that overwhelming. And, you know, take to the field in a, in a shirt with a different name and all that sort of stuff as well. So I really admire you for stepping up and making your own mark, being your own man and doing it brilliantly. And I'd love you to be able to impart some of why you did that, how you did that, in fact, to, to the people that are listening, if that's cool with you. Sure. Um, so th there, there's two sides of the game. What, one that, that you pointed out, which is important, and it's what people get caught up in. Yeah. Um, but, but there is, and, and I'm trying to think of how I would describe this to someone. One is the practical, tangible metrics like i was just working with a client he wants to lose 40 pounds mm -hmm. and so we did some math mm -hmm. and and the math is pretty simple if you if you eat 500 calories less per day and you do that for every day for 40 weeks you'll lose a pound a week mm -hmm. and you'll lose 40 pounds and he wrote me this text um it's in my phone let me see if i can grab it real quick and it, and it says and this is really important because of what people, their thought is, he wrote, is that enough, do you think? Can we get more aggressive on this? Isn't it interesting? So this is the first part that people do yeah. when they, they want a result. Yeah. Can we just get more aggressive on this? I'm like, sure, get a chainsaw. We could hack off a leg and get you there pretty quick. <laughs> and, 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 and so can we get more aggressive on this? The other thing is, I could be good for a week, seven days. And lose a little weight every day, and then it adds up to maybe two pounds, which it wouldn't. It'd be one pound lost. <laughs> yeah. And then I have one bad day, just one bad day, and and I'll gain three to four pounds. Oh. <laughs> and so when people tell me stuff like that, what they're telling me is they're number one looking for a fast result. Number two. They haven't adopted an identity mm. of the type of person that makes this kind of result happen. Mm -hmm. Because when they're telling me that they consistently do a week on and then just one day off and a week on and one day off, mm -hmm. that's like an alcoholic who only drinks on Wednesdays, but he's totally getting sober and he's totally off the, off the bottle and he's not an alcoholic anymore. But on Wednesdays, I mean, every Wednesday gets me. Exactly. That's still an alcoholic, even though it's one day a week instead of seven. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's a smoker who, I, you know, someone doesn't do drugs. They didn't do drugs. They didn't do drugs. But then on Thursdays, they just pop a couple pills because, you know, it's Thursday. Yeah. Like, no, no, you're still a drug addict. Mm. And, and so the challenge is the identity is the first step. And when things really change, specifically in weight loss, it's when someone becomes an athlete, mm -hmm. a runner, a power lifter an iron man or woman, a, like something clicks, their identity shifts. And all of a sudden they're living by a different set of standards. Yeah. Um, I just got back from flying. I was telling you, mm -hmm. uh, when we got started here. And when you become a pilot, you live to a different set of standards. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about you, but when I get on a plane and like the pilot standing there and saying like, welcome to the plane, 
I'm not worried. Like, are you like a 50% lander or like 75% lander? Like do you, do you land this thing 75% of the time and then 25, you never know what's going to happen. Like when you get on a flight with an airline, you expect that that pilot is a 100% of the chance time puts the plane on the ground properly and lands everyone safely. We'd take a boat, wouldn't you? Yeah, you wouldn't get on the plane. <laughs> exactly. You'd be insane. You'd yeah. be one of those people that complains when they say they have maintenance issues on the flight and they go, oh, this is such crap. Mm. Well, oh, what, the plane's broken. Oh, why? I'm like, dude, if you want to fly on the broken plane, by all means, get out there. Darwinism will take its effect. We'll clean up some spaces and we'll be good. Um, people complain about a broken plane and why they can't fly on it. It's like, okay, go figure it out yourself. <laughs> I'll stay here. Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing. You expect the pilot to uphold a certain standard. Sure. Most of us want the result mm -hmm. without upholding the standard. Mm -hmm. Most of us want the result without becoming the type of person that gets that result. Most sure. of us want the result without the work. I'll give you another analogy. I, I use this one all the time. And it's a really nice little visual. It might be backwards because of the camera here. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, but if we drew a little chart, yeah. chart, and we're going to be X. So we're going to start off right in the bottom corner here. We're X. That's where we're starting. Mm -hmm. And we want to we wanna, like go somewhere in life. And so if, if we do right over here, we're going to put the 99%, which is the average normal type of results mm -hmm. that most people get in life. And then you got to look around in your country where you're from and your village and your city and that stuff and say, how are most people doing? Now, if most people have the exact result you want in life, by all means, do whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. But for most of us, when you look around in your city and you look around your village and you look around your part of the world and you go, oh, I don't know if I want to turn out like most people. Like most people aren't that happy around here. Most people aren't that healthy around here. Most people aren't that like alive emotionally and vital and, and passionate about their lives. Most people are not happily married around here. Most people are not spiritually connected around here. Some are, yeah. but not most. Yeah. And so we say, well, what do we really want then? We don't want the 99%. We don't want to be unhealthy, unhappy, out of shape, headed for divorce and, and you know, struggling paycheck to paycheck. It's like, well, what do we want? Well, most people, we write down, we want to be the 1%. Mm -hmm. like, we, we want the 1%. Yeah. But then you know, you hear what the news and the media says about the 1%. You're like, oh, no, I don't want to be that kind of greedy bastard. Like, they're horrible. Oh, those horrible one percenters. But then I ask people, do you want to be the 1% of contributors to your community? The 1% of people who give more to the great causes. And they're like, yeah. Do you want to be the 1% of the healthiest people in your community? Of course. Do you want to be the 1% of the happiest community people in your community? Yes. Do you want to be the 1% of people with wildly passionate, deep, you know, incredible relationships, not only intimately, but with your friends, your family, with the people around you. Like, of course. Like, okay. And then we look at the 1%. And at least in the US, we say, okay, what is the 1%? And the 1% is like $389,000 a year in income, which most people go, oh, I mean, that's good. But is that the dream? Is that what goes on the vision board? Is that what people write down and think about all day long when they're imagining stuff? They certainly don't imagine the 99%. They don't even imagine the 1%. They actually are imagining the 0.001% of results that happen in the world. That's what they're imagining. Mm. And I go, ah. So that's like the vacation home, taking your family around the world, being ultra healthy, finishing the Iron Man, having those abs, man or woman, doesn't matter. Like, that, that's the 0.001% of humans, which is fascinating. 
But then we say, okay, what kind of habits do you have? Mm-hmm. And the one that screws people is when their habits are the 99% habits gotcha. and they're trying to dream of the 0.001% results. Like the math doesn't work. Yeah. Now this is where math is important because mm-hmm. this is where you got to go, oh, wait a second. These habits will never, no matter how many times we add them up, these habits right here will never get me here and they'll never get me here. Exactly. The analogy that comes to mind for me is it's like if you go and you sit down and you, 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 you ask a guy who's been divorced three times for advice on how to have a perfect marriage. Yeah. It ain't well, gonna work. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, everyone's an example and a warning. Yeah. I used to say oral warning and I was a little judgmental on people and I lost some friends and all this stuff. Then I thought about it. I'm like, no, they're an example and a warning. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in their life, they're a beautiful example where they're getting some type of ridiculous 0.001% result. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in their life, they're a big ass warning of what not to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at people and, and I've had people reach out and go, I've seen you say this before. Why do people have, why is there a war on average? Like, Average is normal. Normal is normal. Like, why is everyone threatened by normal? Why can't we just be normal and normal? And, and I said, here's the thing. Watch this. If this is what you're aiming for, and this is what you're doing, and you're happy about it, yes, you've won the game of life. Don't do anything different. Stay there. Keep doing it. God bless you. I've got your back. High five. Keep going. If you're doing this, getting this, and you're pissed about it, mm-hmm. you need to change something. If you're, dreaming of th- if you're dreaming of this and getting this, you either need to change the dream to be more where you're headed or change the habits to actually get you to the dream. That's all. It's to the people who are upset about the gap that exists. Because there's a lot of people who are like, but I work so hard. They work so hard doing normal shit all day. Yeah. And then they're pissed that they don't get these results. Yeah. And so there, there becomes this curiosity of like, well, what, what the hell does it take to get here? Yeah. And the crazy part is it's usually not that much. Yeah. It's just doing things consistently. Yeah. Like losing 40 pounds. That's a 0.001% result. Like very few people do that successfully and keep it off. Mm-hmm. They can lose it, but they gain it back. And the reason they lose and gain it back is they do something extreme. I'm going to juice cleanse for four days, and then I'm not going to eat anything for three months, and then, and then I'm just going to live that way forever. Not going to happen. Three months later, you're like, oh, finally, it's over. Oh. And you're like, it's self-image, though, as well, isn't it, Jared? It's self-image as well. If on the inside, they still think of themselves as an overweight person, eventually, they're going to they're return to the same habits that support there or someone who's massively in debt mm. win the lottery. They go up 200 million euro, pounds, dollar, francs, whatever. They 200 million up, yeah. and, and research shows three years later, they'll be negative worse than when they started. Absolutely, absolutely. It wasn't the money. It was the routine. It was the habits. Yeah. And so this is something I look for when we invest in companies, when we invest in people, when we invest in situations, charities, anything. I, I say, okay, what are the current habits? Now, whatever the results are, we can reverse engineer the habits they have. And if they have good habits, but it's just doing really small, if we fan the flame of that habit, it'll just help good things get bigger. If they have bad habits and we fan the flame by adding capital to that habit, it's just going to make things worse. Yeah, 
And, and so this is the tricky part. When we get into this concept, we got to then figure out what are the good habits we need to fan the flame of in your life? Yeah. And what are the bad habits or not so good habits or not helpful habits mm -hmm. that we need to like smother in your life and get rid of? And, and it's a simple way of saying, what do you need to start doing more of and what do you need to stop doing? Yeah. There's certain things you're doing that you need to stop doing if you want this result. And there's certain things you need to start doing consistently. The guy I was talking about, he needs to stop having random cheat days. That's not helping losing the 40 pounds. Yeah. And I don't care how fired up he is. I don't care what his big reason why is. I don't care how many times he tells me he's going to do it no matter what. And he's 100% committed. If he doesn't change the habit, it ain't going to work. No, he's just going to yo-yo back and forth. Yeah. If he changes the habit, which means he has to change the identity, and habits are simple. Trigger, routine, reward. There's three parts to them, scientifically proven. He needs to figure out what the trigger is that causes him to go have the cheat day. He needs to replace the cheat day with something new and then get the same, res same reward. And if you replace the habit with a new habit that's actually positive, mm. kapow. Like one thing that would help with him trying to lose the weight is when the trigger of stress sets him off, instead of going to eat, he goes and takes a three minute ice cold shower and all of a sudden feels better on the other side. And it's like, Oh, what's your take on this? Everything. What, sorry, sorry to interrupt. What's your take on this though? Cause I think the, the reason why a lot of people fall short when they're trying to change their, their habits and change their belief systems and everything else is that habits depending on how deep, deeply ingrained they are in your uh, subconscious they take at least 30 days and normally nearer to 90 days if they've been around a long time. So you need repetition. You need repetition of a new habit to overwrite. I mean, in some instances, you can overwrite something pretty quickly, but in a lot of cases, you've got to, you've got to stick with it. And most people I find haven't got the discipline to stick with something for long enough to make the change permanent. Sure. Another, another scale that you would look at is intensity. Mm and duration. The more intense something is, the less time it takes to wire up in your nervous system. Um, I'll give you a for instance. Most people, I don't drink alcohol, mm -hmm. but a lot of people who do have an experience that's so intense, it only had to happen once, and they will never touch that kind of liquor again. Mm -hmm. Like, the thought of the liquor makes them want to puke because it hurts so bad. Yeah. It was an intense enough experience on the scale. It did not take many times for them to learn the lesson. Yeah. Like they got it the first time. Some people, even though it was intense, instead of being all the way up to intensity, it was like here where they're like, oh, I never want to do that again. But it wasn't intense enough for them to actually learn the lesson. And, and you watch them go do it again. You're like, are you stupid? Do you remember last time? Yeah. And it's the same thing when people are trying to change this habit. Most people don't go deep enough. I was doing a Facebook Live last night, mm -hmm. and the, the topic was all emotions felt fully lead back to joy. So many people talk about changing the emotion you're feeling, changing it, getting rid of it, moving away from it. It's like, no, feel it. Go into it. Dive deep into it. Uh, my grandma taught me this lesson unknowingly. I remember I called her one time on the phone and it went ring, 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 ring. She picked up and all I heard was, I'll call you back. Click. Now my mind is like, yeah. oh shit, someone died. Someone ran over a dog. Like what? Something horrible happened if grandma's crying that hard. She calls me back in five minutes and she goes, hey, sweetie, how you doing? 
the shit? She was crying like ten, five minutes ago. Why is she all fine now? I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? I'm like, no, no. Like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. What's up? I was like, was that you on the phone five minutes ago? She goes, yeah, it was me. I was like, why were you crying? And why are you not crying now? What happened? She goes, oh, it's this little thing I do. She's like, what's this little thing? She's like, I have a rule that when emotion builds up inside of me and I feel it bubbling up, I yeah. take my egg timer from the kitchen, I turn it to five minutes, I set it down, and I feel every ounce of the emotion to the deepest possible level. Wow. And then after about five minutes, it just turns into laughter because it releases from my body. And then I feel wonderful. How cool. <laughs> like, grandma, you're a freaking genius. Now, I relearned this lesson when I was on my 25th birthday. I was in Fiji with a group of monks from India. Mm. And I was talking to them and they were teaching a course. And, and they said the phrase, all emotions felt fully lead back to joy. Mm. I was like, huh. And they told me this story of this young man who is running from the tiger in the forest. And he's running and running and running and running and running and running. And his feet start to bleed. His legs start to hurt. He starts to get hungry and tired and exhausted and sore and upset. And he runs into this little old man. And the little old man says, let the tiger eat you. And then you will feel no more pain. And he's like, no, you're crazy, old man. Like if the tiger eats me, I'll be dead. He's like, no, let the tiger eat you and you will feel no more pain. Like you, you will become one with the tiger. And he's like, that's crazy. And he just keeps running and running and running and running and running. Eventually, he just sits down. He lets the tiger eat him. And all of a sudden, there's no more pain. Yeah. And the thing is, he allowed himself to get consumed by the thing he was running from, the emotion he was trying to get away from. He became part of that emotion. The emotion became one with him and felt fully led him back to joy and peace. And it's like, ah. And my grandma was teaching me the same thing without knowing me. She was teaching me the same damn thing, which is pretty cool. Just a random grandma story there. But yeah, it's good. It's awesome. Yeah. It's just a random little piece of life grandma threw at me one day without knowing what she was doing. And, and I looked back and go, wow, that was useful. And so coming back to this piece, most of us are trying to get away from a certain feeling by eating, by drinking. You know, we're trying to move away from how we're feeling because we're uncomfortable because we don't like it because we, we want to change how we feel. Mm. And instead of learning the greatest chemistry set in the world, which is our body and mind, we, we reach for something as a stimulant or a depressant. The one that really screws with my head is when someone has a huge victory, they say, let's go have a drink to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Meaning we did something really good. Let's go drink a depressant to celebrate. <laughs> that makes no sense. Alcohol is a depressant. It lowers your mood. It depresses your, your, your system. Yeah. That makes no sense. Like at least take an upper and be like, ah, and like run circles around the bar. Like, but it's the concept that people do weird shit. And, and so this concept of what would be better to actually celebrate, what would be better to actually change how you feel? One, I did training for the, the pararescue jumpers. They're a special ops group. Let me see if I can grab this. They're a cool group. They gave me this. Um, Excellent. It, it's a very cool group in the Air Force, United States Air Force here. And that was a nice present they gave me that surprised me at the end of doing work with them. And while I was working with them, one thing that was really interesting is I asked them, what's the number one thing you look for in the men that you choose? Because lots of people apply. Very, very few make it in. Like the Navy SEALs kind of stuff. Like the hardcore, the, the royal, 
uh, special operations, like the super special ones. Yeah, sure. And, and um, they, they told me, so the number one thing we look for is resiliency. I was like, ah, resiliency, what does that mean? And they said the ability that if you say you're going to go somewhere for six months, on five months and 31 days, if we call you and say, hey, you got another 17 months, they go, okay, and just keep going. Mm. I was like, oh, like they don't bicker, they don't bitch, they don't complain, they don't give up, they don't quit, they just keep going. If you say, if you're on a treadmill and you say, I'm going to run at full speed for 60 seconds and you get to 59 seconds and you're ready to jump off, you're out of wind, your body feels like it's going to break and they go just 30 more seconds, you go, okay, and just keep running. Mm-hmm. You don't wince, you don't think about it, you, you just keep moving forward. I was like, wow. And I was like, that's actually one of the most useful things when it comes to getting results in every area of your life. Agreed. The ability to say, hey, I think if I do this 10 times today, I'm going to get the results I want. You get to 10 times and you don't have the result and you go, ah, just 10 more times, I'm sure I'll get there. That ability right there is the game changer. If you're not at the result yet, and you say just 10 more times then, no problem, and keep moving forward. Eventually, you'll do it enough times in a row that you'll get it and go, ah, I thought it would take me 10. It took me 110. Okay, good. Now I know. It's that commitment to doing whatever it takes. And let's be honest, life's going to chuck some curveballs. Oh, it does. It's going to happen. And that, that kind of ability to commit to seeing something through to the end. I think that's a really, really critical thing that you brought up here, which is, is a good thing to get across to people that sometimes you will have it in your head that, hey, this is what we're going to do and this is when we're going to do it by. But sometimes those things don't just fall into place that way. That's right. You've got to be willing to go the extra mile and keep, keep in the game, stay in the game. Right. And so the people who get the 0.001% results, yeah. they're the ones who keep going until they get there. Yeah. They keep going here and they go, that's not it. And they keep going until they get here and they go, that's not it. And they keep going until they get here and they go, oh, I got there. And then they go, okay, where else can I do it? Some people only do that in one area of their life. There, there's lots of people who are absolutely magnificent at one thing. Mm-hmm. And you look at the rest of their life, you're like, oh, they kind of sucked at everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's> hard, <laughs> it, it, it didn't work out. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. They're a, a beautiful example of what to do in that category. Mm-hmm. And they're a big warning of what not to do mm-hmm. in the other categories. That's okay. And, 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 to drive this home, it's not judging people of they're good in this and bad in that. Not for that. It's saying based on your goals, your dreams, your desires, will those actions get you closer or further away from what you want? Mm. Not what they want. What they want, they're doing. What you want, will it get you there? If you have Michael Jordan's work ethic at the office, I'm guessing you're going to have a pretty successful business. If you use the same tactics he uses in relationships with your husband or wife, I'm guessing you're going to have a pretty shitty relationship yeah. based on track record. Yeah, absolutely. It just didn't work out for him in that area. Yeah. But if he applied his same intensity as he did in basketball to his relationship intimately, he would have a much different relationship. And that's like, whoa. Now, I don't know how important that is to him in his life. I don't know if that's the number one priority and he's working on it in the background and no one knows. We have no clue what he's really up to. But only based on external results, we go, ah, I could see what his values are. This is the other area that if you want to make a change, you have to be in alignment with this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people tell me stuff like, I really want to grow my business, but you know, money isn't everything. 
that's conflicting values. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really want to, I want that 0.001%, but it's not just about money, you know. I'm like, why do you have to have the extra clause there? Mm -hmm. I understand that. And if you understand that and you're cool with it, then let's just grow your damn business. And making money is going to be part of it. Sure. But it's not about the money, you know. Okay. You got shit with money going on, clearly, because you said it four times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the baggage you need to drop? You know, I, I did this too. Yeah. I remember at one point I was like, you know, I would love to be friends with like 10 people, young people who are billionaires. I remember thinking about it and then I'm like, that seems so shitty to say. Like, why would I choose a friend based on how much money they have? That's so stupid. Because I know happy rich people. I know sad rich people. I know great rich people. I know dumb rich people. Like, I know all kinds of people who made a ton of money. And the money shouldn't be the factor that's really important. So I said, okay, what's more important than that? I like adventuring, giving back, making a difference, being funny, being creative, being loving and caring and kind and all these other things. I said, great. So I wrote all those down. And then I wrote at the top, and a billionaire. <laughs> and my nervous system still had this weird, like, uh, feeling with it. Just got at it all. <laughs> and I was like, golly, it's just like my nervous system just isn't about that. Yeah. So I left it there and I just read it every day. And I said, I want to be friends with 10 people who are at least a billionaire and happy, giving, loving, caring, generous, funny, silly, adventurous, outgoing, creative, all these other things. Mm -hmm. I just let it alone. Like, we'll see what happens. And I thought, because in my head, I'm like, they wear suits and they're all about money and that's all I talk about. I was like, ah, it just didn't, I was like, ah, just the weird feelings. So I just let it go. Forgot about it. Wrote it down, read it aloud like 10, 20 days to get it in my head, let it go, disappeared, didn't even open the book again, walked away from it. I think it was like eight months later, I was in San Francisco at a friend's house. He, he had this special event where he invited Wim Hof over, the guy who does the ice baths oh, and breathing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Wim was there with a very small group of people all hanging out, all, all friends in the San Francisco tech area, sitting on a yoga mat, hanging out, kind of lounging around. Some random dude sits down next to me. We start chatting. He's talking about like, he just hella snowboarded, like helicoptered into someplace and fucking snowboarded down the mountain. And then he was going to take a sailboat and sail through the, 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 um, the, the Gulf uh, Islands and the Bahamas and all this stuff down here. And then he was all this cool shit. I'm like, wow, this guy's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And then he donated a bunch of money to help these kids somewhere and like was helping this other place build a school. I'm like, that's so fucking cool. I'm like, I love this guy. Like I, I have a man crush on this human right now. I'm like, this is a cool dude. Like I am really enjoying his company and he stands up and he leaves and someone else is down there like, Oh, do you know who that was? And I'm like, I have no fucking clue, but I want to hang out with him because he's mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh, He's one of the guys that started and sold XYZ company and made like $2 billion doing it. And my mind was like, oh, I could be friends with him. Mm. And he met all the qualifications and had the money. I was like, no shit. That was pretty cool. <laughs> it was weird, but it was the thing yeah. where I set the intention I was very clear on what, what I was trying to do. And I was very clear on who fit and who didn't. Mm -hmm. I did not want to become friends with the random dude in a suit that all he talks about is numbers and digits and monies all day. I wanted to be friends with the guy who knew life was about so much more than that, but who also found a way to get there. Because my curiosity was, I don't think what he did was for the money only. It was for a purpose that was bigger than that. But the math added up in the right way that got him the result he desired both sides. I went, ah, 
I have that same philosophy. I think big hearted people, huge hearted givers and caring people and loving people should be rich as fuck. Mm. The reason I say that is because they'll take that money and they'll do great things with it. They'll invest it in the charities. They'll invest it in the great causes. They'll invest it in the great people. They'll invest it in the amazing startups and people who are doing good in the world. And they'll use it to do great things in the world. I, I'm tired of this bullshit where good-hearted people just don't have the money to do all the good things. I think it's crap. Mm-hmm. And I, I think personally, I like to uphold a higher standard for all those good-hearted people because I'm a big-hearted person. My, my first real job was in my family's nonprofit. And I loved it. The only part I hated was the fucking paycheck. I was like, that's a bunch of crap. Why do we do such good things in the world and get paid so little for it? Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, I want to get paid real deal money for doing good things in the world and then take my real deal money and go put it right back into real deal things that I believe in. Absolutely. And I started a different conversation about that. And I started showing people, I'm like, if, if you're in a good hearted business, a for purpose business that's trying to do good in the world and make money at the same time, you need to really up your standard so that you wipe the floor with all those other people who are in it for just the money or just other shit. Mm-hmm. And, and you just far surpass them. Yeah. There's no reason you should be doing what they're doing or anywhere below it. You should be going far beyond what they make because you're doing good in the world and happily and aggressively reinvesting in the good causes. Mm. And, you know, I put my money where my mouth is. My, my, I learned this from my dad. I learned it from my grandma. I learned it from my mom. All my family has huge hearts and they love to give to things. I, I think one of my favorites is, let me pull this up real quick. Um, it, it's just beautiful. We're working right now on our second school my wife and I are building. We built one in rural China. Uh, we're about... Uh, I think 70 something percent in the funding or our second school right now that we funded personally with a little bit of help from other people who've tossed in a hundred bucks, 500 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And, and I'm really proud of that. I'm like, wow, oh, that's super cool. Mate. We're 34 years old and we've almost built two schools in the world. Like yeah. at my long-term goal, I want to build enough schools to have 10,000 children a month going to one of our schools somewhere in the world. Yeah. Eventually I want to, I had a stint when I was living in Uganda, rural farming village, teaching organic farming. And I got malaria twice and almost died there. I got told I had six days left to live. So I'm like, man, I want to build a hospital in a village like that. So if there's some cool person volunteering and they get sick, they've got really high tech shit to take care of them. (laughs) That was not the funnest hospital experience I've ever had. And I'm like, that could have been a lot better if someone funded a great hospital there. You know what's really great? Just now you you were talking about those hospitals and there was, you weren't vague at all. You had a, it was 10,000 kids you want to see go through those. Yeah. 10,000 10, kids going through the exact schools that we've built okay. over the years. And I want at least 1,000 people a month being served by the hospital that we so built. Real clarity. Real clarity on what you want. And yeah. It's, it's that definiteness of purpose, isn't it? It is. It, it's very clear and concise. And, and I know what it takes to get there. I know it depends on where in the world we put it. I was on the board of a nonprofit mm-hmm. that funded a local hospital in Uganda and it cost, 50, at the time, $1,500 a month U.S. to pay the full-time salary of the one doctor at the hospital. They're like, oh, I could cover that. And that would be cool. My favorite part is we used to receive a report every month from the hospital that showed every person that was helped and how they were helped at the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's cool. Yeah. That is a lot of fun. Like, I could see, like, this person had a baby. This person had their eye fixed. This person had their broken leg fixed. This person had their toe fixed. Like, I don't care what they get fixed. I just care the fact that that would be really cool to be the funder 
of someone that's there saving people's lives every day. And every month you get a report of all the people's lives you helped in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Yeah. They're like, that's amazing. Now, big like, up, you put that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's really incredible what you're doing. But I'll give you a clue. That takes a lot of money. Mm. Like, <laughs> if I'm only trying to pay my own bills, how in the world am I going to fund the schools for 10,000 kids and, and fund a hospital that's helping 1,000 people a month? Like, that's hard to do if I'm only focused on paying my bills. Exactly, yeah. You know? And if I'm only taking care of my family, which I have the knock on wood blessing of doing, I think it's an honor to be able to take care of the ones you love, especially the ones that take care of you when you were little. Uh, my mom got ill. She can't work right now. We're paying all her bills. We have a full-time caretaker with her. She has full-time round-the-service care, watching yeah. her and taking care of her. And it's a blessing to be able to help provide that. My dad helps with some. I help with the rest. And, and it's a blessing to be able to kind of adjust some of the good and bad things she decided to do yeah. physically, financially, emotionally over the years. And so we got to offset that and, and fix it up for her. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, if I'm only taking care of myself and only taking care of my family, I can't get to those hospitals. So I got to make more than that. I got to do more than that. I got to figure out how to grow beyond my limitations of just myself, just my wife and I, just our family. I got to keep going. And the only way you can do that is you got to adjust the vision of what you're aiming for. Most people, if you look at their vision boards, this 0.001% has all to do with them, their abs, their car, their jet, their house, their vacation, their stuff. Some of it has to do with their family, little time every now and then. But when you start to expand beyond what you're trying to do with just yourself, just your family, just, just the people you care about, just your community or just your city, uh, you start to tap into different resources. No, and when no. you start to tap into different resources, you get a whole different level uh, of stuff happening. Totally agree with you. I, I, I would have to say as well, I mean, you think of Christmas time, stuff like that. I've always found, and a lot of people will say, there's a lot more pleasure in giving than receiving from people. And, and when you get to a certain stage in life, when you start to think of others before you think of yourself, it's actually a great place to be because you feel pretty damn good all the time. When you're just thinking about yourself, you don't get that same feeling about it all. Yeah. It's a lovely feeling to feel like you're doing something for somebody else and you're contributing and helping, at least, or trying to help, to make the world a better place to live in. Yeah. And, and I think that is a worthy cause. And I champion what you were saying earlier on as well. People in this field should be paid well for doing what they do so they can make it even better and, and, and more impactful for, me, for, for the world. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you've knocked me sideways. Man, you've got some energy. Love it. <laughs> you get so yeah. Most people would go, oh, I'm, I'm really tired. I've been flying a plane. I just I'm, I want to chill out now. You've come on with all this energy. Jarek, I'm, I'm so grateful to you for showing up and, uh, and giving everybody this energy and this, this insight. Um, it's delivered with such passion. I know it's going to inspire people. And that's what I'm all about. And that's what I really want people to get from this stuff. Um, We've been in touch for a little while on LinkedIn now, for, for quite, a, quite a while, and uh, it's my intention to stay hooked into you, and I'm, I'm hoping that we can touch base once in a while and maybe do some more of these things in the future. I'll be, I'll be tracking you, your progress carefully. I'm really impressed with what you're doing. Absolutely brilliant stuff in Uganda. And what I would say before I go as well, two things. Number one, not necessarily in order of importance, I'll add that. Uh, number one, for people that want to find out more about you, 
Jared Robbins. They want to hook into your system. They want to maybe, you know, get some information from you. Where's the best place for them to go? Um, they can either find me on Instagram if they have it. I pump out content daily. Okay. And, and, or, and, or they can find me on my website, just jerickrobbins.com. Yeah. If you don't know how to spell it, Google it. If this mug pops up, you got it. If not, <laughs> keep trying. Um, and, and there's, there's a, the most important piece of what we do every day is just trying to reach the person that needs us most at the moment they need it with the yeah. message they need. And I always tell people, I don't know who you are, where you are, what you need, but every day we pump out good thoughts in hopes that they find their way to you at the moment you need them most. Yeah. And one of my favorite things, if you visit our Instagram page is look at those little circles on, on my little profile and look for the one that says it's working. There's it's working and it's working too. And if you click it, uh, that's the most important work we do every day is those messages finding those people at the exact moment they needed it. And it could be as simple as, Hey, I needed that. Thanks. And you know, the, the, the depth that those goes has, has been probably one of my most proudest accomplishments in life. Yeah. I remember uh, the first, very first one I received was a letter um, from a, an airman who had been shipped overseas, uh, deployed overseas. She came back. Uh, she had horrible PTSD symptoms and, and she wrote in the letter, she goes, you know, every other day this week, I've had my firearm in my mouth wanting to pull the trigger and not wanting to live. Um, she said, someone gave me a copy of your book randomly. I read a couple of chapters and I have to say, thank you. It reminded me of why I wanted to keep living. Hmm. I was like, oh, That's and my second thought was like, what fucking chapter was that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know which one causes that so I can be louder about that chapter. <laughs> yeah, that and, and I don't know what, it, what page it was or what thought it was or what, what yeah. piece that, that caught her attention and helped. But yeah. knowing that a good thought we put out into the world found its way to that person at the yeah. exact moment she needed it most that made her to decide and assisted her in deciding to save her own life and keep going yeah. is one of my favorite and most important things we do every day. Yeah. And, and so if you find me on Instagram, all the content we push out there, whether it's silly, important, funny, serious, challenging, or, or, or just crazy, uh, the goal is that that'll float around somewhere in, in the universe and find its way to someone who absolutely needs it, like a little feather floating into their life. Yeah. And it lands at just the right moment. And it hits them in just the right way. And yeah. so I'd ask if you, if you come on that page, just click share, click repost, spread that stuff out to people. And it doesn't have to be me that find, gets, gets the message to the person. Sometimes it's, it's you who's watching or, or yeah. you or who, who's bringing me on to share like this. And I, I thank you for that because I don't know who's watching. I don't know what they need and I don't know what it is that'll do for their life. But I do hope that whoever turns into this, they found what it is they needed and, and it floats into their life like that little feather and does something great for their life today. No, oh, bless you for that. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And I'm sure it will. Second thing as well is um, the schools in Uganda. Yeah. Do you have anywhere where, where I could send people to actually contribute to the cause? Yeah. So if they go to learnitliveitgiveit.com, it'll redirect them right to our, our site that we're using to finish off, topping off that, that school. Great. I'm going to flash that along the bottom of this video when it goes out. And uh, hopefully we'll get one or two people along there and maybe do something there as well. Um, Jarek, mate, thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed this. I hope it's not the last time. I hope we do this again in the future. And um, I, I wish you continued success with everything you do. And uh, I've got to tell you as well, at the risk of embarrassing you, you are genuinely one of life's nice guys. I get that from you. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's been great spending some time with you. And um, take very good care. And hopefully we'll hook up again sometime in the future. I look forward to it. Okay. Have a good rest of your day, my friend. You too.
Bye-bye. Hey, it's Robert here. Thanks for watching the video. I hope you've really, really enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed this, then please subscribe to this channel and come back and see many, many more doing these things all the time. And if you want to know when the next one comes up, click the little bell and you'll get a notification each and every time we've got a new video up there for you to have a look at. Um, and the other thing is, I nearly forgot. If you look, love everything to do with personal development, business development, and just getting yourself into a peak state, then you're going to want to get over to my free webinar training, which is going to show you exactly the steps to take to overcome any inner barriers that are stopping you from achieving in life and business right now, and exactly what to do to get that put right and start living the life of your dreams, starting right now. Sounds like a tall order? promise you, you can do this stuff. Get across to my webinar training. The link is in the uh, description below this video. I hope to see you there. And at the very least, I hope that you click the bell. I hope you subscribe to the channel and I hope to see you back here again soon. Take good care. Bye-bye.